0: LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today. And the Kings are right back in this series. And Jonathan
1: Quick collects the puck.
0: 10th career playoff shutout. The 15th in Kings franchise history.
1: You're listening to BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth, this is BetQL Daily. Joe G out sick today. Hopefully he'll be back tomorrow. We're here weekdays on the BetQL Network, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time and one of our favorite guests, there are a number of favorites. We've got a couple of them coming uh, this hour, but now joining us is Ed Egros at Ed with sports, a busy, busy man. He's a weekly contributor here on the show. During football season, and there's a lot going on, and I know Ed was all over the hockey last night. He was he was thrilled. Uh, had a great weekend with the derby. And how was it? I saw you uh, tweeted out a picture from Santa Anita. So how, how was that? On what you what you probably thought was going to be a ho hum derby. It's a fun event every single year. You look in recent history, a lot of favorites hitting the board, and then uh, maybe the long shot of a lifetime.
0: You know, it's funny. I was. Uh... Calling my mom yesterday for Mother's Day, checking in on her and, and uh, making sure she got my card and, you know, sort of organizing, uh, you know, plans and stuff. And, and she was basically asking me the same thing. It was like, what was it like watching the Derby out there? I mean, I bet it was really exciting and all this energy. And I'm like, not really, because mm-hmm. nobody bet on the long shot. And it's so fascinating to me, and this is probably sort of a a digression here, but it's always fascinating to me when it comes to media coverage, whenever you're dealing with odds of some kind, I'm talking about mainstream media. You're dealing with horse racing, so you're talking about four to one, favorites, 80 to one, you know, CLV, all that stuff. But then you're dealing with the gambling community. And it seems like we looked at that long shot win very differently. On the one hand, yes, this really exciting story where no one was expecting it to happen, and this horse comes in at the last minute, comes on and wins. While the gambling community, especially at Santa Anita, when the horse won, there was this hush over the crowd. Imagine going to this boisterous hockey game or boisterous basketball game and the road team winning and everybody gets real Mm -hmm. quiet and there's that Mm -hmm. sense of shock. That's exactly what happened because nobody bet on Rich Strike. So everybody lost money. The books had an absolute killing as far as that's concerned. And so it was a very weird, eerie feeling where I know everyone else was excited to watch this incredible story, second longest odds to win the Kentucky Derby ever. But if you're betting on it, it was really uncomfortable because you lost that's, money in the process. I don't know how point. you sort of reconcile the two things.
1: Yeah, I. that's interesting and now that i think about some of the reaction the people that were thrilled were not invested right Mm -hmm. they they did not bet on the race in fact like there are people like chris felica who's terrific at horse racing he's ranting on twitter that he's never (laughs) betting on the derby ever again and part of that is is the gut reaction like Mm -hmm. okay is this horse even gonna go for a triple crown is this horse going to be allowed to race? Is Are we going to find something out over the coming days? So, yeah. I, yeah. Right. And I
0: bet on Epicenter to win. So I was especially upset because I'm, you know, <laughs> counting up my victory, counting up my dollars I'm going to have and then figuring out I'm going to enjoy my weekend. And then I couldn't. So. <laughs>
2: Before we get to the hockey, I have to ask you, because it's an ongoing thing on this show. Joe G. isn't here. Now, you would think Joe G. would be high on the Phillies, but no, on this show, (laughs) it's Joe O. We've been calling it his Phillies. He says my Phillies, even though we all know Joe O. lives in Chicago area. And I have to bring it up with you, Ed, because recently you were saying now is the time to buy in on the Phillies, even though it's not sunny in Philadelphia right now. So, Joe G can't defend himself, but I want to hear your take on the Phillies.
0: The Phillies-White Sox World Series is alive and well. Go ahead and pounce on that immediately. No, it's it's fascinating because when you are dealing with a, a team that probably doesn't concern itself with defense too much, like the Phillies did with the recent acquisitions, it's one of those things where offensively they should be quite powerful. And so far they haven't been, or they've been allowing, you know, those streaks like what the Mets did a few days ago. But I do feel like that the Phillies can get out of this sort of quasi-offensive slump and then really get the bats going. And then they're going to be a truly dangerous team. I mean, I understand that the NLEs, you know, really looks like the Mets are going to run away with it. But I am convinced that at some point... Things are going to fall apart for New York because, A, it always seems to, but also, too, you know, yeah, it seems like Jacob deGrom should make them a good bit better, but the Mets will go into slumps at some point. You do have some real credible teams in that division, and at some point, it's going to get a good bit more competitive, and somebody will eventually showcase all of its talent. Phillies, Braves, Mets. I think this is going to be a much tighter race, and even the Marlins, you know, they may play the role of spoiler. Maybe they'll be in contention as well. But I do feel like that division is a good bit more competitive than at least we're giving it credit for in the early going. And so, why not go after Philadelphia? Why not go over those? Go after those hot bats?
1: Okay, this is uh, this is a little scary to me right now because these are the two teams that I've been thinking a lot about that edges throughout there: the Phillies and the White Sox. The First on the Phillies, okay, when when you said that on Twitter, you messaged about time to buy the Phillies, I was frustrated because I agree with you, but the number wasn't moving. I was like, right. why are they still 25 to one? This doesn't make any sense. Well, it moved at one prominent book. Now we're at 40. Rest mm-hmm. of the market and the, the legal books here throughout the country, most of them are still hanging on to 25 for some reason, but there is one book that has the 40 on the Phillies and then you mentioned the White Sox. Uh, late last week, the odds for the World Series nearly doubled. I saw it up to 20, I think, at FanDuel. That was on the high end. They've now won six games in a row, swept the Cubs two game series. They just swept the Red Sox over the weekend. And the highest number I see is 18 to 1. Still almost double from where we were at the start of the season 11 to 1, down to 18 to 1. And the White Sox aren't even healthy right now. They're not even healthy. they're not
0: healthy. Competition yeah. matters a good bit. I mean, we haven't mm-hmm. had sort of an even strength of schedule. I think that matters a good bit. I mean, the the Phillies, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, they've had a tough road, at least to this point. They've been able to beat up on, you know, some of the lower end tier and the NL East and other places. So strength of schedule matters in this early going, no doubt.
1: I love this. Yeah. You know, it's surprising to me that it's we're at the one month point. And the uh, adjustments that we've seen, like win totals, I get it. If you're going to adjust the reds way down, I understand everybody's betting the under if you post adjusted win totals. Okay. I'm surprised with the sample size that we have, The what I think is over adjustments that we're seeing in the market, whether we're talking about futures prices on teams or what we're starting to see with uh, with some of the player futures. Like we were talking about Acuna the other day being to one for a home run leader. Hmm.
2: Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast.
0: Yeah. You (laughs) like that? (laughs) No, that's a fascinating one. Uh, Home run leader for the NL or for uh, all
1: of baseball? For baseball. baseball, uh, Last week, we talked about it. When he made his return, we noticed it was 100 to 1. He went back to back on Friday and Saturday. Then uh, I saw a 90 and this morning still 80 boy. That's, the leader that's, has nine and he has two, and he's hit forty in the past in half a season last yeah. year twenty four well,
0: and you know, where you sit in the batting order matters a good bit. And Acuna you know, has typically led off uh, throughout his career. and so I think that matters a good bit. He will probably have more at bats than, you know most people. and I do like. Uh, that That's a fascinating one. Uh, that, that's what I do like. I, I understand that, again, I, I feel like we're getting a little too Met-centric in terms of how we evaluate any kind of props with the Braves or the Phillies and perhaps even mm-hmm. the Marlins as well. But you, you kind of have to get out of that uh, thing. You know, at, at one point, Max Scherzer is not going to be, you know, this super duper dominant person. Yeah, Jacob DeGrom will come back, but you don't know what you're going to expect out of him, and he may be injury prone. This may just not be a season where we're going to see uh, you know, dominant DeGrom like we did at the start of last season. So, to me, there are too many question marks where if the projection is such to where Acuña is able to, you know, stay in the lineup and stay healthy, he will have a larger sample size than a lot of other hitters. I don't hate that bet at all.
2: Ed, let's get to the NHL right here in my backyard. The Capitals regaining the series lead with a dominant 6-1 win over the Panthers. They play again tonight. Caps, um, they're underdogs, one-and-a-half-point underdogs. Tell me about this series and how you see this game going tonight.
0: I understand the the veteran leadership with Ovechkin and company uh, sort of leading the way for Washington and why that, that may be a deal. But one of the big things that I would say sort of in general when it comes to hockey betting, uh, this go round is we've had a lot of blowouts. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, where, where are the exciting like three overtime, I mean, you know, they've existed, Mm. but we're not seeing these constant three overtime games where uh, my friends on the East Coast are having to stay up extra late and then wake up (laughs) extra early for morning shows. And then wondering if there's just enough concealer to take care of things—that have been a problem <laughs> uh, at all this go round. And and quite frankly, I'm a little disappointed. You know, even the Kings game that I covered last night was a four nothing affair. What is this? Like, I think uh, ESPN came out with a stat where, um, you know, more than three goals has been the uh, a- average as far as margin of victory. So mm-hmm. you really cannot look into blowout wins in any one particular direction and feel like that it means anything. Teams are a little bit more offensively minded in the NHL now than they've been over these last several years. We're not getting these one goal affairs. We're not getting these overtime affairs for the most part. So if there's a blowout, it's not that big of a deal. So yeah, Washington can have a blowout win against Florida. But if you look at the regular season stats, the Panthers have been near the top of the NHL and expected goal differential. I expect that continue to where when the sample size balloons and you get deeper into the series, but I think Florida will ultimately prevail. And so as far as this game is concerned, I like Florida here.
1: And betting, the NHL was so easy yesterday. You just bet on everybody to make it a 2-2 series. You're 14 yeah. parlay and, and you're in. <laughs> done, done. <laughs> but betting's easy,
0: right? Like, what are we right. even doing? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so what What about all the scoring that you alluded to right there? Uh, since Friday, the overs are 10-2. and two, And we're not used to seeing playoff hockey... Totals six and a half, but the the scoring is carried over from what we saw in the regular season right into the first round of the playoffs. And uh, you mentioned the goal differential that we're seeing in all of these games. Are you thinking, am I missing an opportunity, at least in this round? Should I be considering the puck line something historically we never would do come playoff time?
0: Right. No, I know veteran bettors who have been doing like plus, 105, plus one and a half, uh, you know, goal lines as far as that's concerned. And yet uh, they've been losing their shirts because what has typically been uh, sound betting advice uh, over the years in the Stanley Cup playoffs hasn't seemed to work this go round because of all of these lopsided games. And I really do feel like at least when it comes to this first round. A lot of it has to do with just a lot of matchups where you're dealing with, for the most part, a lot of offensively minded hockey teams where you know you outshoot, you get into the inner slot you outscore them those kinds of things and that's all you really need to do and you're seeing a lot of lines where you're sort of distributing the wealth and it's able to work for the most part where a third and fourth line can still be offensively potent instead of just you know wasting time trying to avoid giving up something so that first line talent can get back in there offensively you know Offensively minded hockey teams are going to naturally fare a good bit better in these playoffs. You know, even a team like the Kings, for instance, that can talk about the defense a good bit. No, they they have some offensively minded players, and they want to be able to you know tack on that empty netter at the very end, or something like that, and sort of you know blow everyone's underdog picks out of the water. But to me, it's more of a philosophical change than anything else as to why we have so many goals and so many blowout wins.
2: I know you're from the Dallas area. Now this one is interesting to me. Um, Calgary at stars tonight and then you see the stars plus one and a half. It's minus 205. That's crazy. <laughs>
0: Hmm. It is crazy. And I think that's in large part because Dallas's philosophy is really more defensively minded. They're one of the few teams that I think is more defensively minded uh, who are still in these playoffs as far as an overall approach. Uh, Tyler Sagan is uh, being placed in the fourth line uh ain't that interesting uh but that's the idea right is to sort of you know distribute the wealth make sure that they aren't giving up goals to a really potent scary Calgary team and then eventually try and find something here and there uh you know perhaps with puck luck something of the sort but to me Calgary finished way higher in expected goal rate that offense is absolutely dangerous they're definitely in the Stanley Cup conversation I feel like ultimately Calgary is going to take this series and that's probably where I'm going to bet this thing is probably Calgary on the money line.
1: Oh, we've got about a minute left, to Ed. Uh, when betting these games for people that aren't doing it on a regular basis during the regular season, what are some of your favorite metrics to take a look at?
0: Expected goals has a lot to do with it, and, and certainly there are different sites that uh, generate those kinds of things. Uh, Sport Logic, who gives us our data at Bally, they've been fantastic. Money Puck's also been great as well. Uh, if you follow Ineffective Math on Twitter. Uh, you know hockey viz he said he uh, has some uh, expected goal models that are certainly quite potent the big thing to keep in mind here is that goals are largely random occurrences but expected goals are a lot more predictive as far as what to expect so for instance uh, edmonton had you know, was averaging close to six goals a game before last night, uh, but the expected goal mark was roughly a two-goal differential. It was going to come back down to reality. Jonathan Quick was going to play a good bit better. So sometimes you can look at those small sample sizes and say, okay, is Mm -hmm. someone getting extra lucky in terms of their scoring? And if they are, have them come back down to reality and be prepared for that because you really can't find a betting advantage that way.
1: Eddie Gross at Ed with Sports on Twitter, TVG, Fanduel, Belly Sport West. Very busy guy. We appreciate his time. Coming up next, Dave Sherapan cashed a trifecta ticket over the weekend. He'll share the story next. This is BetQL Daily via the BetQL Network.
2: These joes are helping you bet like a pro.